you're going to have moments of mourning and you can figure out how to deal with those, like figure out a way that works for you. And sometimes that means leaning into the morning for however long feels comfortable before you start numbing it or sitting in victimhood. But find, you know, a healthy amount of time for you and then decide to move forward. Decide to move out of that. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Recording now. It's recording. It worked. Good job. Thank you. All lights are on? Yeah. We were just Perfect. discussing um, Steve's tattoo that he is going on right now. It's a practice tat. <laughs> a practat. A practat. Now, do those, practice, do those practice tattoos come in color? Yes. Okay. And just, so, just you wait and see. Okay. I'm, I'm going to wait. How you long have, do they last? Uh, the other one's only lasted like two days. This is on day five. Wow. Are you showering? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It still looks really good. It wore off on my elbow and like my elbow pit. Your elbow pit. <laughs> but it, still, it doesn't oh, okay. look like it, right? It looks... No, I wouldn't still have noticed. still looks decent. And the one on my leg wore off today in yoga where my shorts were. Oh, dang it. I know. Sadness. Bummer. So you've got more coming. Yes. Full sleeves. Okay. Just to try them out. So do you have like a subscription of these? No. Okay. Do we just need to on get that, you a subscription? I just ordered some. So no, <laughs> just on that trip I was just on, a friend brought a bunch and he's like, okay, hey, who wants a sleeve? And I'm like, I'll do a sleeve for the night. <laughs> and I fell in love with it. So I did like four more sleeves <laughs> every day. He gave me a new it sleeve every other day. You. Yeah, I wear it well, right? So are you going to try out the color one and then see what you really want? Is it color I, or I just like the dark. I like the, the, I just like black. That you know of. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. You do tend to wear, I mean, white V-necks with black shorts. Which looks so good <laughs> with <laughs> sleeves. You're pretty I, I also would love one here. Just like a little bit of a tat showing above really? the V in my shirt. That one's harder for me to imagine on you. Try it out I'll, and wear I'll, it I'll, I'll do one. Next time we record, I'll have one on. I feel like we need to have a vote the, on uh, the sleeve chats. The sleeve I'm actually hesitant to do, and I probably won't, just because yeah. pilots, this industry is super conservative with stuff like that. And But I probably will do the leg one up my side. Sweet. And maybe the one that will show with my V-neck. How's the industry in regards to your blue hair? Uh, I went to work with it the other day. <laughs> no one said anything. Well, that's good. But for, well, for piloting, no, no blue hair. Really? Yeah. Are you going to wear a hat when you're a pilot? Well, if I'm, if you're, if you're with an airline, I mean, it's oh, like yeah. super conservative. You can't even have a beard, which I think is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Mustache allowed. Beard, no. So they want you to look like. But little... <laughs> for any want you to look like a pilot. Private piloting, there's. There's no rules. For a ton of them, no. I mean, right. I mean, it just depends who. There's a guy you. who flies in every week with some doctors. He flies these doctors in who uh -huh. perform surgeries and then fly home. And 
He looks like a homeless man. <laughs> Perfect. He's like Perfect. bald on top and like kind of dreads around the back. Like kind of dreads? Just like a mullet <laughs> like that he, just he woke doesn't up? <laughs> maintain. Nice. It's <laughs> like starting to look like dreads to me. <sighs> Super nice guy and he's great and I'm sure he's an awesome pilot. I was asking I just... Penny if I should grow my hair out into dreads. She did not approve. No. <laughs> no dreads. <laughs> I've been tempted to do it before. Not her choice. I would love it. It is not her choice. Like pulled back in a uh-huh. like dread ponytail thing, like one of those super thick yeah. dread ponytails. Huh. Yeah. I feel like I could pull that look off. Dreads always remind me of The Predator. What's that? I don't know what that is either. The movie? The Predator? I've never seen it. Mm. Nor have I. Okay. We weren't allowed to watch that as a kid. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. And if I wasn't allowed to watch it, Steve definitely, definitely wasn't allowed no. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we have levels here. Matt was the most permissive in his movie watching from his parents, and then me, and then Steve. Yep. Steve yeah. didn't see half of Indiana Jones growing up. Right. Indiana Jones and the Temple. So yeah. my mom would edit them, you know, with the dual VCR thing. Yeah. Like two two VCRs. One is playing the movie. The one next to it is recording the movie, but you pause it when it gets to the racy spots. Hmm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I legit thought it was 45 minutes long. <laughs> I watched it as an adult and I'm like, this, is this so makes long. so much more sense. <laughs> I it's love like, that your mom did that. But now let, let's reverse this <laughs> okay, but, because now now Steve's the one that ha- wants the sleeve tattoo and has ta- a flashy tattoo. I'm Jessica still in the middle. Is in the middle, and I have none because I don't want any of them. So there's a correlation between movie editing and tattoos. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, speaking of which. The church, they haven't like changed their standards, but they have like in the strength for the youth, um, taken out the parts about how piercings. many piercings you can get, tattoos, and things like that. Hmm. What a surprise. Which uh, I might be getting another tattoo. What a surprise. Why do you say that, Steve? <laughs> the church changes with social oh, it, norms. It does change. The church changes for sure. Yeah. A lot. Uh-huh. And yeah, we'll see what else. More than more than come. you're used to. More than it says it's supposed to. It's I don't know su- if it's what the church says it's supposed to. I think it's, it's supposed what... to be an unchanging doctrine and it changes all the time. Based but, on wait, social but does, expectations. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. But does let me, the doctrine let me go, change? Let, well, yeah, or I was just gonna say is, yeah. is, is the... pierce so let me let me finish. Is piercing and tattoo a dark doctrine? It was I, I never took I it as know. doctrine. Well, then what is it? Guidelines. Guideline. I don't know. Steve, I get where you're coming from. I see I, this from both I, sides. I get where Steve's coming from as well. I totally and that's why I it. wanted to have the conversation mm-hmm. because I I see it as, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is like different like, than, than the church. The church. And so, like, we get what you're saying, but the church does say it's non-changing or that whatever. But really, it says God doesn't change. Right. Is really what it comes down to. But I also get what you're saying. Like, I understand, Steve, like this. And I also know that it's done, like, it's hurt people along the way in those changes. Right. In not being quick enough to change. Would you agree with that? Like, I just don't understand this. It claims... That it is unchanging and that it, it sets itself it sets itself up to not be able to change and then it does and it's 
it doesn't make sense. It 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 discredits itself when it changes, in my opinion. Like yeah, it could. And and on some big stuff too, like I don't know. This is not the topic for the day. <laughs> yeah, this is not the topic for the day. I totally get what you're saying, though, Steve. Yeah, like I feel you. And there are things, but I mean, if you look at the history of it the just, church, it's always changed. It has yeah. evolved from day one. Like it's constantly in change, but yet we present it as this thing that does not change. Yeah, it'll be and the it, rock. It, it, it right? very yeah. much bothered me. Things that were taught to me as a child. Yeah. Of, this is an everlasting, like, right. this is the way so, it will be for your life. Again, now it's different. Yeah. I, I'm going to go back to the rated R stuff. Like, yeah. Because, like, growing up, like, Steve, you were taught, like, we do not, it is doctrine, we do not watch rated R movies, right? Or mm-hmm. drink soda that has caffeine I, mm-hmm. in it. Like, I, that was the biggest one right. for me. And I grew up with, I drank all the caffeine soda that I could possibly have. I watched rated R movies that, you know, my parents put on for me, like not, not put on, like, I don't want to, that comes off. No, but it was loud. It was allowed. Right. And so that for me, like, I think that for me is why I am who I am because I, I knew and understood like that wasn't doctrine that was going to change me or change my thought of what salvation could be. Anyways, I just, which is healthy, which is healthy. That is a healthy view of it. Whereas sometimes we get into an unhealthy view of if you drink caffeinated soda, you're going to hell. Like we get sucked into like this yeah. idea of that that again, isn't healthy. But again, this is not the topic that we're talking about well, today. I mean, <laughs> it goes back to what we talked about a week or two ago. Of it's true. Matt sees things in gray, and I I want them to be black and white. <laughs> right, and that's exactly how you <laughs> right. were raised. Right. And you still, to a point, like and, try and to I have Penny see things. In black and I and took white. things as uh, I took. Church teachings as black and white. I should I yes. should have you take this analysis of it kind of puts you in these categories. Like I'm in the category of a chameleon, meaning I change with what I feel needs to be changed mm-hmm. and set myself up for that that um, whatever that circumstance is. It'd be interesting to see what you are, where you'd like that structure of black and white, but at the same time, you don't really. This would feed into, uh, there's people that have reached out and really want us to do the Enneagram test too. We should do the test you're talking about and the Enneagram test because yeah. it'd be super interesting. I've done like the short version of that and I wish I could remember what my results were. But I've got a test just, we can all take. It's I just free. remember that they were not at all surprising and it was like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's and people not who, surprising were, who were either. like well-educated on it are like, I'm guessing you're uh, this and a this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, even on this topic right here in church stuff, <laughs> like Steve is obviously on one extreme out of the church. Matt's more in, I'm like in the middle of it. Like we're all at different points too, and that's okay. Sure. Yeah. We still love each other, guys. <laughs> it's very true. Most days. <laughs> most days. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, most days. We... Even on those days, we still love each other. Right. We just might be really annoyed and pissed at each other. (laughs) It happens. That's okay. It's all good. Okay, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about a topic that comes up over and over again in my group coaching, and that is the idea of mourning either the life we thought we would have or the relationships that we thought we'd have or like what our family 
what we thought our family would look like moving forward. And again, this comes back to a lot of those shoulds of how we thought our life should look, how we think our life should look moving forward, whatever. So basically mourning life's circumstances, Mm -hmm. life's relationships, and that's basically it. Yeah. And in, I mean, in this, it's like I coach women who have had a partner come out. So it's always, it's most often the relationship like Steve and I had of these moments of, oh my gosh, this is another moment that I have to mourn. Do you two still feel like you are, are still mourning that relationship? Or do you feel like you're now to a point where you're building up the relationship? I don't feel like I do anymore. Mourn, mourn it. it. It's, it's been years since I yeah. recall feeling that. I did for a lot of years. Yeah. yeah. Probably five, six, seven years. I would say at least that long. There were at least well. occasional moments of just like, man, like. Yeah. And just almost like a bit of a sinking feeling, really? thinking of like what could have been and where we would have been at this point. And mm-hmm. oftentimes it's those big milestones. I can't even remember. I don't know. I think it was a 15 year, would have been 15 year wedding anniversary. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. That we had a while ago. That's probably the last one I can think of. Mm-hmm. And even that, I feel like it wasn't as, it wasn't like painful like it used to be. Yeah. But there's still an acknowledgement there of, holy crap, we would have had this long that we would have been married. We well, got you, married you even brought and, that up a couple of weeks ago or something. Yeah. Where you're like, or you're coming up on your something wedding anniversary. What what would it have been? What yeah. year is it? What year are we married? We got married How in, <laughs> I think, 20, 20, or 2004, I think is when we got married. How many years ago is that? I don't know. <laughs> 18. So we 18 years. 18 years. And like, that's so like, it was three years ago-ish, the last yeah. time that I can recall and thinking about it, something about thinking that. Thinking about it too, like in two years. Well, this year would have been our, or no, next year would have, anyways, we're coming up on 20 years. Yeah. Like that's a significant milestone in a marriage. And so at this point, I just acknowledge that as kudos to us <laughs> for being 20 years into this relationship and being able to reframe it on a regular basis. Right. Like this is something that evolves regularly. Um, Labor Day weekend was another time that I mm-hmm. would often feel a little bit of that morning. Why Just Labor Day weekend? Because that's when I had the affair with Sebastian. Oh, okay. But not anymore. That came up this past yeah. Labor Day weekend. And I, uh, how many years? 11? Something like that. 12, I think it's 11. But I told you and I was like, Hey, it's my anniversary. It's my, my gay anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Wish me happy 11 years. <laughs> and it's interesting because I made a post that weekend yeah. about that. That, you know, that these moments, they don't hurt as much. And you don't even really notice them as often. I only really notice it because this is my line of work. Like, this is what I share with people to help them. But it wasn't like something I thought of. It was like last minute. Oh my gosh, this is Labor Day weekend. That's yeah. when this happened. And I thought same thing. It was just like a, a like well, it crossed my mind. Like oh hey, it's Labor Day weekend. This is yeah. eleven years ago. And can you remember your feelings the first like year, like when Labor Day did roll around again? I can remember mine. Like what what can were you? those? Just a heaviness, absolute heaviness, and self doubt and questioning and wanting things to be different than they were and yeah. Were you guys divorced by that year? Oh yeah, Mark. We are divorced. We had dated again, and ended it. Yeah, really. Yeah, because we got so Labor mm-hmm. Day was when the affair happened. We were divorced 
by the end of December, that same year. I moved here to try again. You moved in here in April. April. Okay. Yep. Beginning of April. Five months later. So that's right when like I had met you. Yeah. That's when we all uh, met. Yeah. Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've known me almost as long as I've been back in Boise, this go around. Mm-hmm. Matt. Yeah. And then we dated like April, May, June, July. So it must have and barely we been right before it must Labor have, Day. I'm sure it was like a lot of contemplation going into it that we had just ended things, whatever, and we're officially moving forward. For me, it's been every year a little less heavy and a yes. little more positivity of like, you know, now it's like, a, and like I said in that conversation, conversation with Jalen, is just, it's it's 11 years since I took a huge step in life that yeah. has led me to a great place that has allowed me to like engage my full self and yes. a very positive thing. One of the reasons why I brought up that year mark, like, cause I wanted it to put it in perspective for our listeners of look, it may just be a year that you are either going through divorce or it's something you're mourning something that has happened mm-hmm. within a year. And it was, it is still heavy. Yeah. Like, well, and and give yourself some grace that it will still be heavy in moments that you may not even know about. Well, yes. think about mourning the death of a loved one. Right. It's always that first year, they say, is the hardest because it's the first everything without On them. On your own. Mm-hmm. First birthday, first their birthday, first anniversary, first holiday, first summer, first... Everything. Yeah. And, and while it's not the but, same feeling, it's still a same experience of this is my first without my partner. Right. And it's hard, but it does get easier. Those, Definitely does. And the moments when you feel that mourning get further and further apart. And they come up like in the weirdest places, I swear, that you yeah. mourn that relationship that you're like, oh, that one took me off guard. Somebody was sharing in our in our group coaching that like hers came up at a church thing where they like donate money to a cause. And usually her and her partner would come together and decide what, you know, how much money they were donating and whatever. And she realized, oh, all of these couples are here doing this together and I'm on my own. And it was a moment of like mourning, but at the same time also like empowerment of this is kind of cool. I get to do this on my own. But there's un- usually it's those and mixed feelings. Like I, you're I saying, would, I would <laughs> like it's very mixed. I know no one can see what I'm doing very now, mixed. but while well, I balance the <laughs> like microphone the on my chin. <laughs> 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 that was a triple balancing right there. <laughs> But I was trying to show, like, as one goes up, the other goes down. Like, for me, mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend was so heavy, that heaviness is almost completely gone, and the positivity of what that time meant, what what that started for me, is now what prevails there as, as a positive yeah. thing. Right. And I think that's probably common yeah. as time goes on for those to well, switch. In, uh, so I just bring this up because what comes to my mind is, a man's weakness will then become his, his own strengths, yeah. right? And, and that's what we go through. We, we may feel this weakness of mourning, like we are weak, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But know that this weakness that you're feeling right, now, right then is something that will make you strong further down. Being willing to feel that and acknowledge that there's something you're mourning there is strength. Like that takes a lot of courage and. And, and I want to say like confidence to be able to allow yourself to feel the pain and it is healing. Yeah. Like it's so important to embrace those moments and also acknowledge, you know, this isn't forever. I'm going to get through this, but this is real. Like those right. moments are real and that's okay. And we may not be in control of how we feel about a situation, but we do have 
some autonomy over do I let myself feel this, process it, acknowledge it, yeah, d- dig into it, or do I ignore it and push it aside and deny it? And yeah, I mean, it's not going to go away. Mm-mm. So choosing to let yourself feel those show things up. <laughs> and deal with it is not easy, but it is it's progress. important. Yeah, it's hugely important. I have a question for Matt. Matt, do you have moments that you remember mourning your relationship with Anne? That was my question too. Oh, absolutely. Do you have one that you can think of specifically? Um, so they're very far and few now. Like, I yeah, don't, I don't have them as often. But there were moments where it's like, and it's mostly specifically, it will be moments of spending time with her family because I really did mm. get along with her family, yeah, really well. And I, and now like. What I mourn is not being able to just have those conversations with those family members freely and, mm. you know, liberally, really. And it's it's sad to me because, again, I have to I have had to put up that boundary mm-hmm. um, due to various circumstances. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Another thing that I think about in this, because <laughs> I think that sometimes as like a spouse, so like Matt and I here talking and having this conversation with Steve, my ex-husband, like these feelings continued through mine and Matt's marriage and yeah. obviously still continue, like Matt's saying for him, of mourning this relationship. But it doesn't deter, that doesn't deter from mine and Matt's feelings for each other. Yeah. It's something also that I think about of mourning the relationship that I had with Anne is Anne and I really, we connected through a lot of the same music like we we truly did like a lot of the exact same genre of music and like the same bands like the same like so there will be occasion where like mm-hmm. one of those bands will come on and i'm like it, that will be a can be a trigger yeah it'll be a trigger and it's like whoa that hit differently like jessica was alluding to like whoa okay yeah i do miss that part like, yeah and I don't know. it's interesting just hearing i mean obviously me and jessica's relationship now is far different than you and Anne's relationship. Right. I mean, ours turned into something quite positive. Right. Ours did not, Matt. And it's 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 so it's interesting hearing his like how you might mourn a relationship that is very different than right. ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of the things I was going to ask both of you is is there something that you guys are mourning right now? I don't think so. And honestly, I feel like maybe not not specifically between you two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But individually. Just, oh, like just in, in general. general. Yeah. For me, there are things that I mourn. Yeah. Yeah. There are for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a process that we're always going to be going through. For sure. Is mourning something in our mm-hmm. lives. And it will never go away. It's just how we how we deal with it. Is what makes all of the difference. And it's such a strength to be able to acknowledge that you are mourning something and what it is and why you're mourning that. What like, what was behind that? And how can we make that balance shift, right? Mm-hmm. Like Steve, you were talking about of being able to mourn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just <laughs> one of the things that I, again, going back to my relationship with Anne, there will still be occasions where I will mourn the fact that I truly can't enjoy. I, I don't feel like I can enjoy <laughs> like certain milestones mm. in my children's lives. 
together with the other parent. Yeah. Like together, like truly together. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because I see it with you and Steve. I see it that you guys can truly collaborate as parents and with these different milestones with that Penny's hitting. Right. Truly be there for each and other. And not just be present in the same space for whatever that event is, but actually be sharing that, that joy, joy together. together. Yeah. Without there being any worry that there's something right. that's going to be used or manipulated or twisted. Exactly. Like, I, I totally, like, that makes me sad for you, Matt. And Halloween I know, last year. Yeah. Right. Where we example. all got to be together. Or like when, when Hank got his driver's license. Yeah. Right. And that could have been a fun moment with everybody. Right. It's like, just we'll those... be in the car with Penny together. You don't get to have that experience. Right. And that's yeah. a milestone that those are milestones that I know that right now I just can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You can come in the car when Penny gets <laughs> If she'll And you'll have yeah. Steve, Jalen, Matt, and I all in the car yelling at her, <laughs> telling her what car. to do. <laughs> well, and, and on that note, like, I mean, that was something. Obviously, Steve and I have really worked at as right. when we were planning, when we were planning our divorce, and that makes me laugh, but we literally planned our divorce of how we hoped it would look like. That was the thing I didn't want to lose. That was it for me. It's like I wanted my relationship with Steve, but I knew that if we could keep that relationship intact, like we would get to have those moments with Penny. Like there's times that I'll text Steve when I drop Penny off at school and I'm watching her walk in and I'm like, man, this kid is so cute. Mm-hmm. And I'll text him and I'll be like, we did such a good job. Like she's so awesome and so adorable. And we get to have those moments, which right. is a blessing and a gift that I don't think either of us take for granted. Right. And yeah. and me, I just text myself. I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I killed you it. You make the most of it. Right. Do what you can. You could yeah. text me. Yeah, I know. But really what I want to say is like, I want people to understand that these moments get fewer and far between and that they, they pop up in weird ways for everybody. Like no matter how good the divorce was, no matter how wonderful, whatever, you're going to have moments of mourning and you can figure out how to deal with those, like figure out a way that works for you. And sometimes that means leaning into the morning for however long feels comfortable before you start numbing it or like or sitting in victimhood but find you know a healthy amount of time for you and then decide to move forward decide to move out of that to see the positive to see those different things and we're not talking about toxic positivity but embracing the other side of it so yeah and some of them are gonna take longer to more than others for sure for sure, there are things that are going to take a long time to mourn because they're very deep. I'm mourning a relationship now that basically ended the same time that you and mine and yours did, Jessica. Yeah. And that's with my dad. But it's like at a new stage of me finally saying, I'm done putting energy towards this and I'm done holding a space for someone in my life who doesn't want to be there and has chosen to be absent from it for 11 years. And I've been mourning that a lot lately. Like right now. Yeah. And, but it's interesting to me that it's one, it's one of those things. Like, I just think, and if this analogy goes way out, like, I, I apologize, but <laughs> it's like you've, you have this big parking lot of parking spaces, right? And it's all of your friends that you've invited and you want in your huge party 
that you have as your life, your right? Parking lot party, man. <laughs> a huge parking lot party that's going to be at, the, at your space castle. There, they mm-hmm. come and go. I kind of get it. Right. I kind of get it. And, and like you've had this space truly saved <laughs> mm-hmm. for your dad, mm-hmm. and year after year after year, these it's weeds empty. keep growing mm-hmm. in his space that you so you so deeply want that space to be filled, right? Mm-hmm. And and now you have to figure out, okay, how do I how do I cut down all of these weeds, clean up this space and give it to somebody else. Give it to Let somebody someone else. Let someone else fill it. Right. Yeah. And not necessarily, not necessarily replace that, but what can I do with this space? Right. Now, it may not be some other person, but it may be a monument. It may be, you know what? I'm just going to put a big block here. I don't know what that is. Yeah. You don't know what that is unless, you know, you will, you're the only one that will know what that is. Right. So anyways, you were going to say something else. Well, I was going to say that it's interesting that I have, you and I, like I'm, I'm done mourning the loss of our marriage, Jessica, mm-hmm. but which was like the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> but this other one is still a very fresh, mm. you know, from the same time frame, 11 years ago, but it's still very heavy. I think there's been a lot of hope there. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's a relationship you hope to heal. But again. Hoped. But at some not anymore. point, yeah, at some point, <laughs> yeah, and and it's that's not healthy. Going back, like with me mourning Anne and the relationship that I wish I continued to have with her, it's mm-hmm. like I, I'm I'm with you. Like my hope that something is going to change there is long gone. Yeah, and like what is I get asked this all the time. Well, what is your what is your hope and desire for her? Like. I, you know, I don't even go there. I don't know. The desire for Anne is that she's happy and content and right. all of those things. But, but I have no your relationship isn't over that. Like your relationship is pretty set. Right. Whether she finds that or not. So And that's a big pill to swallow. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. I love well. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I think we love you. I know you both love me. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are welcome at my parking lot party. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I, I know just, I've got a spot pretty close to your car. Say, here, here's so. the thing. <laughs> I know Steve has, uh, for for Jess, he has multiple space spaces. Like, there's so many, like, she can have so many different cars there. <laughs> However many cars she wants there. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's how much space he is providing there, mm-hmm. right? And and me, probably even more. Because I have <laughs> because a lot of, of cars. Matt's I love cars. <laughs> They change anyway. a lot. And now you have a trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna need a pull through I'm gonna need a pull through <laughs> space. And here's the beauty in, in this silly analogy, <laughs> but I kind of like the analogy that Matt has right here is it doesn't matter what car we change into, no. we are still gonna love each other. Like mm-hmm. I I mean we started off this the this episode stays the same. The, this episode talking about something we definitely don't all see eye to eye on. And yet there is this genuine love and respect for no matter what, no matter what vehicle you're driving, the three of us know we're going to show up for each other and love each other. Right. And that extends to our kids and to Steve's partner and all of those things. Like, they're included. Man, lots of vehicle talk this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to share what vehicle you just got, Matt? It's not really a vehicle. But... I just got a an Airstream base camp. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like super excited about it. cutest little Airstream. It's, <laughs> it's super I'm, cute. I'm excited about it. It's the perfect size Airstream. I didn't want something gigantic. I mean, first of all, 
the gigantic airstreams are like one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I, we can't do that. We don't I'm not, want to. Do I don't want to do that. And it's just like it's tiny. Does everything that I needed to do. I needed to have a bathroom, a stove, a sink. That's about it. And a bed. bed. And a bed. <laughs> right. So. Are you taking it on its maiden voyage this weekend? Yeah, the the man voyage. The man voyage with <laughs> my brother. <laughs> yeah, down to Moab. So super awesome. I okay. just loved on Saturday. Hey, I'm headed over to pick up Penny. Okay, we're in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> And sure enough, all of you were in the trailer in the driveway. Yeah. Just hanging out, watching yep. general conference. Just you know, testing out the AC. <laughs> the bed. And I wouldn't let me test out the bathroom. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't say anything about it. I was like, go for it. We'll just we'll just all sit here while you go. Uh-huh. You can leave the door open or shut it, Steve. <laughs> Just wanted to show us your new tattoo, yeah. the fake yeah. one on your side. Yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, have a good week. Hope this conversation was helpful, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. As always, we really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you have a minute, would you please leave a rating and review or share on social media and be sure to tag husband-in-law. It really makes a difference for us and for those who are trying to find this podcast, who are looking for the support and the upliftment and fulfillment and whatever it is that you get from listening to this podcast, it helps other people find that exact same thing. So please, if you have a minute, leave us a rating, leave us a review, screenshot this episode and share on social media. It would mean the world to us and to the person who is looking for our voice in their lives. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you next time.